0: Today on Citycast Chicago, animal shelters have struggled to find homes for all the dogs and cats that people got during the pandemic and then had to give up. But what about other pets like birds and lizards and snakes? Jessica Katz is helping them find homes. She runs the Chicagoland exotic animal rescue out of her apartment in Andersonville. It's Wednesday, November 16th. I'm Simona Lisea, in for Jacoby Cochran, and this is Citycast Chicago.
1: hi come on in nice shirt
0: oh thank you yeah this
1: is the bird room this is quarantine and reptile corner <laughs> oh cute. So my goal is when you walk into this house to not feel like this is a personal goal not a rescue goal but to not feel like that I'm a crazy bird lady even though I am one so that's that's my my personal goal
0: looking at a yellow lizard I have no idea what he is. He
1: is a five, six-year-old leopard gecko named Caswell. Hello. Hello, hello. I know. Are you going to have opinions? Thinko wants everyone to know that it's bedtime. He's doing his, uh, there's a weird person in here at bedtime dance. This is Jameson. He is an adult male cockatiel. He was clearly hand-raised and well-loved. He whistles, how are you? And you are such a pretty bird. He was found emaciated at Belmont Harbor in August. And he was so, he was so not so good looking when he came to me that the first 24 hours we were just pretty concerned about him. But he really... Started eating and came into his own with another cockatiel who came in around the same time, and his adopter just dropped out, so he's still available. <laughs>
0: I mean, when we're talking about exotic animals, what kinds of animals uh, are we really talking about? Because, you know, you hear something like, you know, runs an exotic pet rescue out of their apartment and immediately your mind goes to like Tiger King or something like that.
1: We work with animals that are commonly found in the pet trade. So when you walk into the big chain pet stores, those parakeets are Australian bajiragars, are Australian grassland songbirds. We are not in Australia. So uh, these are exotic to us because they're not endemic. They're not native. So I I think sometimes people are naive and, and or purposeful in releasing these birds, quote, into the wild because they think they're going to be OK, but they're not going to know how to survive the winters here. They will not be successful in competing for food with our native population and our invasive house sparrows. And it's it's just it's also illegal, but it's, it's not the right thing to do. So we really try to prioritize these critters that literally have nowhere else to go.
0: You know, you started this uh, I think officially in in August 2021, right? Um, we saw all these news stories about sort of the the adoption of dogs and cats oh, during the pandemic. and then you know, then shelters were seeing an influx as people were realizing they maybe couldn't care for these animals. You know, is that trend also true with lizards and birds and reptiles?
1: I can't speak to the exotics populations. I mean, parakeets are $20 at PetSmart, maybe 30 by now. 20 years ago, they were 20 bucks. And People think they're disposable. I've gotten so many relinquishment calls that are my child is sick of this. My child has gone to college. And while I will always be compassionate about that, I have to say to people quite often, I I can't accommodate you right now. Here are some other resources you can look at, which are very limited because we are the only such rescue within the city limits. Um, I, I, I really don't know how the pandemic has impacted these segments of our pet population, but it wouldn't surprise me if as we've been coming out of it, that I've seen people had to relinquish because of financial reasons, because they're downsizing because their their housing isn't secure. And that's that gets to me. So what goes into the care of these animals?
0: You know, when we're talking about the, the resources that they need, what, what all do you do here?
1: So when an animal comes to us, if I don't like the enclosure they're in, then I want to give them the best we have. A nice, new, clean, disinfected cage or enclosure, toys, perches, food and water dishes, everything. And as long as that's a successful, safe enclosure, then that will go with the animal with its foster or adopter.
0: How long does it typically take from, you know, when an animal shows up at your door to finding a permanent home.
1: So the immediate things that I focus on, on arrival, I do a very topical exam, just like are, are all of its fingers and toes there if it has fingers or feathers or what have you, uh, how does it look? Is it behaving properly? Is it puffed? If it's a bird, is it puffed up and lethargic? If it's a reptile, does it have any outward signs of illness and once they're settled and comfortable, then I make an appointment with, with our exotics vet as soon as possible. I try and get them in within a week at the very outside. Um, if they are, if, if it's a parakeet that has a yeast infection and or a bacterial infection, which is pretty common, especially if they've been outside, then that requires a two-week course of medication. So that's two weeks of care right there where I'm syringing a bird twice a day every day. And trying to convince it that people are not terrible. (laughs) And a recheck. So two weeks, and then the animal can go up for adoption. Although if it's an animal that's responding really well and we, we think it's pretty stable, I might start teasing it in advance. But we also try to get to know them. They may be little, but they are fierce, as Shakespeare said. So even these tiny things have personality. As you see with Cosmo, it's often overlooked. Yeah, I think particularly
0: with um, with like little animals that you keep in terrariums or cages or things like that, I think there's a there can be kind of an assumption that, oh, you know, a turtle's a turtle's a turtle, a lizard's a lizard's a lizard, but they really do. They really have like really unique personalities. I went into the bird room and like one of them immediately turned away from me, and another one immediately came up and was like, you know, at the at the cage. It was it was it was surprising, frankly.
1: It's just socialization journey, just like with a dog or a cat. There's one bird in the bird room cobalt. He was found at grant park, uh, three weeks ago, maybe a month ago, totally puffed up and miserable. And he's so pretty. And I saw him and I thought, you know what? Somebody saw you and wanted you. I don't know how you got outside, but at some point you belonged to somebody, right? And he, he's like a feral cat. He does not trust people at all. He will bounce away from me. He will bite, much like with feral cats, once you figure out what motivates them. And for him, he's a bird bird. He wants to be with another bird. He needs that confidence. So he'll be moving in with the female parakeet that he quarantined with because she also needs somebody to sort of teach her how to be a grown-up bird. She's very young. So it's all about dynamics. Sometimes I feel like I'm living in a soap opera I love
0: that. I love that. The, the you know, the, uh, the trials and tribulations of, of being a rescue animal. I'd watch that. I'd for sure watch that.
1: Next spring on Animal Planet.
0: <laughs> Can you tell me a little bit more just about your background with animals? Uh, how, you know, did you grow up with pets? Like what, what was that sort of journey for you?
1: My earliest memory is going to the pet store that used to be on Dempster and Chicago in Evanston with my dad to get fish. I wasn't even three years old. So clearly this started pretty early, but we actually didn't have any pets until I was 15 other than fish. And the moment we walked into the Evanston PetSmart and I saw that they had fish, and I had started taking care of my fish tank when I was nine. I said, oh, I could work here. So then I went to the UVM studied animal science and wildlife biology. It was an incredible experience. I interned for a parrot rescue in Northbrook. I'm actually allergic to just about all of the mammals in the pet industry, which is why we don't rescue any of them. Plus they are very well represented in the rescue community by, uh, organizations that we're close with such as friends of Petrits right here in Andersonville. Um, I think, I think that's so funny. The idea
0: of, a uh, and also nice, right? These are pets even more so than than cats or dogs. Like if you're living in an apartment in the city, you know, in a dense urban area, these are pets you might gravitate toward because, you know, they kind of exist in this little space and, you know, they're indoors. Like that's a specific kind of animal care that that in a specific kind of knowledge that that one has to build.
1: That's absolutely right. We can't, take in animals that aren't going to be able to be accommodated by somebody who lives in an apartment in Lakeview or in West Rogers Park. People ask, how do the neighbors feel about this? And the good news is, first of all, I'm, I happen to be the president of my HOA. And I try and just look out for my neighbors in a lot of responsible ways so that they don't hate me for this. Uh, I make sure we follow uh, quiet hours. I have a strict capacity guidelines that I follow in terms of how many animals I can accommodate here, even if it's temporary. I aspire for us to have a facility within about five years to, to run a capital campaign and raise the money we need to have a storefront or a place where people can come in much as you would the zoo or the nature center. Andersonville, Edgewater could be a destination for education for school groups to come, for families to bring their kids on a rainy day and have an educational encounter. I have big ideas. (laughs) Um, To that end, you know, how can people uh, get involved and help? Uh, I'm always looking for daytime volunteers to come and do care. It's about an hour of time, if that. And that includes all the fun time you can spend socializing with the animals you're comfortable with. We are so kid-friendly, and that's very important to me because a lot of animal rescues, for their own reasons, can't be as accommodating of young volunteers. I love kids. I don't have any of my own. So I have one volunteer who's 10 who just adopted a cockatiel from us down the block, another volunteer who's eight, and he and his family foster Another cockatiel for us. So, uh, looking for just a quick and easy family volunteer opportunity, I can help with that.
0: Jessica, thank you so much for inviting me into your home uh, and introducing me to the animals. I really
1: appreciate it. Such a pleasure. I, I am now a fan of this podcast. The Chicagoland Exotic Animal Rescue is a nonprofit. You
0: can find their Amazon wish list or make a donation at clearrescue.org. And a little bit of news before we let you go. City Council's Finance Committee has advanced a plan to give more than $13 million in TIF funds to reopen six Save-A-Lot grocery stores on the city's west and south sides. It still needs final approval from the full council. Illinois has officially passed the Workers' Rights Amendment, according to the Associated Press. The measure was on last week's ballot, and it guarantees workers the right to bargain collectively. And some good news to get you through. Tomorrow night, you can catch the Big Break Comedy Show at Holiday Club in Uptown. I don't know about you, but there is nothing I love more than a free comedy show in my neighborhood. So I'm excited to check it out. Thanks so much for listening. We'll be back in your feeds tomorrow. Talk to you then. And then I think the only reptile I didn't meet was the snake, but he might be.
1: She's sleeping and she's hungry. Uh, <laughs> and it looks like she's shedding. Okay baby girl, can I have this? I didn't realize you were gonna shed when you were playing. Would you like a snake shed? <laughs> I'm
0: okay, but thank you.